Thank you, Jeff. Amen. All right, everybody. And Brian, Brian's enthusiasm and his leadership in, in, in singing as well. Yes, yes, yes. Well, good morning, everybody. God bless you. Uh, good to have everyone here. And thank you. Welcome, special welcome to all of our guests, the guests that are here today. Um, we'll have a, we'll have a, a couple prayers uh, in just a moment. But I want to mention, too, at the end of the service, we're privileged to have Rita here with us one more time. Um, yeah, yeah, praise God. And so what we're going to do uh, in consultation with the deacons, we've decided we'd like to have a, a love offering for Rita um, at the end of the service. So at the end of the service, uh, Frank will be in the back. And if you would like to give a love offering for Rita, uh, our sister, uh, as she um, gets ready to, to move to Texas, uh, uh, we encourage you to do that, okay? All right, let's go ahead and bow in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for, um, you know, your love and your grace. And, and we do pray for Jody this morning as she's continuing to heal from her hip surgery. She's just put your hand upon her, Lord, and, you know, give her, give her a good uh, healing and recovery, Father. Um, we do pray for uh, Claudia and, and for um, Roy and your safe travels. Uh, in their journeys as well, Lord. And um, we just thank you for your grace and goodness. And uh, we pray your blessing upon uh, this word as it goes out, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit um, speak and as we listen, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're back in the Gospel of John. We're back in our series and uh, so we're, we're, we'll be getting ready for, we're going to look at John chapter 9. But as before we do that, as we're preparing to do that, I want to I want to tell you a little story about a man by the name of Millard Fuller. Millard Fuller was a, um, or is a, an interesting uh, a Christian man who was on his way, back in the 60s, on his way to being a self-made millionaire. Uh, and he was, uh, by the time he was 30 years old, and, and now this is back in the 60s, so that's quite impressive. But the thing is, he, his, his work was threatening his health, it was threatening his marriage, and so he needed to get away. He needed a vacation. So Millard, uh, Millard Fuller went to a small Christian interracial community in Georgia called Koinonia Farm. Koinonia Farm was a, uh, an interesting place. It was uh, 42 half-acre house sites with a uh, recreation, community recreation, and uh, community um, area there, recreation and park, community park. It was led by a theologian and farmer by the name of Clarence Jordan. Now, Clarence Jordan inspired Millard Filler with his philosophy and with his example. You see, these houses were houses for the poor. These were houses for those who had been living in dilapidated shacks nearby. And Jordan said he was convinced that uh, these people could improve their lives with just a little support. He said, he told Fuller, he said, these people don't need charity, they just need a way to help themselves. And Millard Fuller agreed. Not only did he agree, but he was inspired 
to create his own organization that is now worldwide. And the goal of this organization is to eliminate inadequate housing. The name of the organization? Habitat for Humanity. This was an organization Millard started uh, as a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says it runs on the theology of the hammer. <laughs> uh, he said, you know, they raise money, they raise money, uh, they recruit work, volunteer workers, and they renovate uh, houses and they build houses that are sold at cost with no profit, with uh, uh, sold... Uh, with loans that have no interest, okay? The buyers uh, that are, the buyers uh, invest their work and their time in the work of preparing this own house for them to live. This was a need that Fuller saw. A, a great need for affordable housing for the poor, for low-income uh, peoples. It was a work of God that God called him to. He put it on his heart. Now, in the scripture we're about to read, Jesus saw a need, and the work that he did for this man who he was in need, he calls a work of God. So if you're ready, we're going to take a look. Now, Jesus, Jesus worked this work of God to not only be an example of the gospel, of the work of God, but being for something for us to follow, a work for us to follow. So let's go ahead and read, if you will. We're in John chapter 9. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7. And if you're able and willing, if you could stand with me, and we'll read God's word together, shall we? John 9, 1 to 7. And thank you, Jacob, for your, always your good work on our PowerPoint. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he's born blind? Neither the man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is his day, we must do the works of him who sent me. I, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Amen. You may be seated. May God's word be blessed. Amen. This example, this example that Jesus gives us is, a, is, is of the work of God. He's reminding us of the urgency of God's work and the purpose of God's work. And he's giving us a command, you and I, a command. And that is this, to work the works of God. Work the works of God. He gives us instructions uh, how, to, how we're to do these works, and he gives us instructions to help us, to enlighten us, to motivate us. So we're going to look at two specific instructions this morning. 
in how to work the works of God. And the first one is this. Work the works of God while it is day. Verse 3 and 4. Jesus said this man didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. He said this happens so the works of God might be displayed in him. Then he says in verse 4, as long as it is day, we must work the works of him who sent me. Because the night is coming when no man can work as it is day. Each of us has only so long to work the works of God. Each of us has only so long on this earth. Work the works of God while you still have breath in you. Work the works of God while you can. Do what you can while you can. I want you to hear the words of John Wesley. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church, and he came up with the question mandate. It's also known as John Wesley's rule of conduct. And it says this, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Amen? Amen. That it's quite a mandate, isn't it? Amen. 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 Do what you can while you can. Work the works of God while it is day. Jesus said in verse 4, work while it is day. Work while it, we must. Look at that, verse 4. It says we must do the works. That gives us a sense of God's work as an urgent matter. It's a priority. It's the first importance. It's the first and most important thing we should be thinking of in our lives. Doing the works of God as we can and doing it, working while it is day. Listen to the words of Billy Graham. Billy Graham says it this way. Our days are numbered. One of the primary goals in our lives should be to prepare for our last day. He says the legacy we leave is not just our own possessions, but it's the quality of our lives. He says, what preparation should we be making now? The greatest waste, Graham says, in all the earth, which cannot be recycled or reclaimed, is our waste of the time God has given us each day. See, work the works of God while it is day. We must work the works, Jesus said. Work while it is day. We have to be careful to waste the time, amen, that God has given us. But make the most of our time. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Most of your time because the days are evil. So, if we are not to waste our time, if we're to make the most of our time, then what is the best use of our time? Best use of our time is to work the work. Work while it is day. How do we know? How do we know where to begin? To do his work. Well, let's take a look at how Jesus knew. Verse 1. It says, he went along, or another translation says, he walked along. As he walked, he saw a man blind from birth. As he walked along, he saw this man. As he walked along, he became aware. As he walked along, he noticed the need. Working the works of God begins 
with noticing the need of others. Noticing the need of others. The idea for Habitat for Humanity began with Mallard Erickson, sorry, uh, Mallard Fuller, noticing the need, addressing the need for poverty housing, poor families living in uh, dilapidated shacks. Need. They had a need for new hope. They had a need for stability. They had a need for affordable housing. And he addressed that need. Fuller saw that need. Jesus has a blind man in front of him with compassion. Just like Mark chapter 6, when the crowds were following him, Mark uh, 6, 34, he looked out upon the crowd with compassion. Why? Because it says they were, he saw them and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus had compassion on the crowd, compassion on this man who was born blind. Who was looking upon him with compassion. He knew this was not a chance encounter. He knew this was an opportunity God the Father had given him to show the love of God, to show the power, to show the mercy of God. And he looks upon this with compassion. And when he, you know, when God puts people in our paths and, and we see the need, we should, we should ask God, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hurt in the world today, amen? Uh, Romans chapter 8 says that, that uh, all creation grows, women in childbirth, that sin has marred all of creation. This is not a perfect, there's a great need for help, a great need for ministry, a great need to reach out with the love of Christ to the world around us. Working the works of God with compassion. With compassion, Jesus looked upon this man. We as Christians are to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Amen? Reaching out to the world with his love. With his love. Jesus looked upon this man with compassion, but his disciples didn't. Huh. His disciples didn't seem to have the same compassion. They wanted to know who's to blame for the blindness behind this man's Disease, verse 2, they said, they said to him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? You see, they were asking the wrong question. Yeah, instead of asking the questions, why is there suffering, they should have been asking the question, what can we do to help? Amen. Church family, shouldn't that always be what we should be asking? What can we do the Lord Jesus Christ? In that way, to minister, do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. World opportunity, not only noticing the need, participating. participating in the plans, in God's plan. Let's take a look. Verse 4. Working with God. Look at verse 4. This is Jesus said, as long as it is, and it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. He didn't say I. He said we. What is he telling us? Jesus' work, his work is to be done together with his disciples, uh, with his followers. We gather, participating in the work of God. 
participating in the work of God. Receive Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, Jesus comes to live within you. Jesus, once you've accepted him as your Lord, the Bible says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, Galatians 2.20. You see, Jesus is the vine. We can bear no fruit apart from Jesus. The life of the, the branches is in the vine. So then, once you Christ enters in, you are connected to the vine, you are connected to God, you become a born-again believing child of God. Once Christ enters in, you are joined to God, to work with God, to participate in the plans of God. Once Christ enters in, once Christ enters in, you become God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepares beforehand for us to walk in. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. God prepares works for us to do. He prepares for us to work the works of God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says this. We are fellow workers with God. Isn't that something? We are the privilege. We're fellow workers with God. What does that mean? That we have the, we participate with God. We're doing the works he's prepared us to do. Millard Fuller said this about Habitat for Humanity. He says this, and I quote, God called us to this ministry. If you're doing ministry for God, you're doing it together with God. Not only are you doing it together with God, you're doing it together with others. Since the beginning of Habitat for Humanity in 1976, they have built, rehabilitated, and repaired 800,000 homes around the world. Uh, since they began, they have helped 29 million people improve their house condition. Since they began, they, they've been, you know, working this work. But how could this all happen? It's not, the only way that could happen is for them to be working together with the people that God has given them. Working together with the volunteers who have joined in to do the work. Now in 1984, President Jimmy Carter and his wife Rosalind joined in to do the work in New York. And once they joined in, there was a, a great interest in our nation. Involvement in Habitat for Humanity grew in leaps and bounds, and God's work that, gave, that he gave Fuller to do was bearing fruit for the glory of God. Work the works of God while it is day, participating, participating with him. It says in verse 4, Jesus told his disciples, we must do the work God sent. Look at verse 4, and we must do the work, God, uh, the work of him who sent me. You notice that? Those who, God sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. And you know what? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible says Jesus sends you. Listen to this. John chapter 20, verse 21. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. I'm sending you. I'm sending you to go forth. I'm sending you to do everything you do and do it in my name. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you try to share, whoever you're trying to share Jesus with, show them that you care in his name. You know, it's once been said, people don't care. People don't want to know how much, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen? Show in Jesus' name that you care, that, that, that you want to reach out with his love. Show in whatever work that you do, whatever work that you do, be conscious, always be conscious of the needs of those around you. Take a lesson from the thief. Take a lesson from the former thieves reformed by God for the work of God. And it says it this way, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, Apostle Paul writing to thieves, former thieves. <laughs> he says this, anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may, listen to this, have something to share with those in need. You see, we work to have something to share for those in need that work in the works of God. Uh, you might share, you might share your, your material possessions. You might share a listening ear. You might share your physical labor. You might share a, a word from the Lord. As you work the works of God, God wants us to wants us to, to, to work His work, participating in His plan. We were going to have this morning a, uh, the food initiative uh, uh, representative. That's one of the ministries we contribute to as a church, and uh, very happy to do that. And and that's one of the ways we are participating in their work. And we'll hear more about them. She's not. She hasn't been. She wasn't well. She, this morning, but I'm sure she'll be back with us soon. She'll be with us soon. But working, working the works of God, noticing the needs of others, participating in God's plan. You know, not only are we to work while it is day, but we're to work. Second instruction, we're to work to bring light. To bring, verse 5, to bring the light. Verse 5, Jesus says, I am the, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is repeating what he just said in John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. There is a lot of spiritual darkness in our world today, amen? There is spiritual darkness. In our world today, there is spiritual blindness, blindness to the light of God, blindness to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. There's darkness in our world today. You know, my wife and I had a chance this last Tuesday to go to uh, Muir Woods. Anybody been there? Muir Woods is by Mill Valley, California. That's where it used to be the Southern Baptist Seminary that I attended. And uh, Muir Woods is uh, like giant redwood trees, a forest, a forest of giant redwood trees. And most of the trees block out the sun. Uh, the shadow of these trees block out the sun. But as you walk on the path, every once in a while, 
the sun will come beaming, beaming through these trees, beaming through the shadows of the trees. God, yeah, yeah, when we work the works of God, His light, His light beams through the shadows, through us. Just like the, the, the sun was beaming through the shadows of the trees, our working God's work beams His light through the shadows in our world. As we work the works of God. Work the works. What does it say in Matthew 5, 16? Let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Work the works of God. Work to bring His light. Point, point to the light of Jesus. You know, Jesus performed the, more miracles healing the blind than any other kind of miracle he performed. That was one of the signs of the Messiah. Isaiah told us 700 years before Jesus was born that the Messiah would, would heal the, uh, the, the blind. Not only that. He said the Messiah would be the light. Listen to this. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It says, people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Jesus is the light. Jesus wants to shine his light through us. Jesus came to not only to cure physical blindness, but he came to cure what? Spiritual blindness. There's darkness in our world today. Without the light of Christ, there's spiritual darkness. Without the light of Christ, we are spiritually blind. We're spiritually blind. We, we, don't, we, 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 we don't walk. So Jesus came so we won't walk in the darkness but have the light of life. Without, without his darkness, there is no light. Without his darkness, we're in spiritual we're in spiritual blindness. Point to the light of Jesus as you do His work. Point to the light of Jesus. You know, there's a lot of spiritual darkness today that doesn't point to Jesus; it points away from Jesus. Uh, there are people that claim to be spiritual guides. You know what Jesus calls them? He calls them blind guides. In Luke chapter nine. Uh, in, in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 39, he says there are the blind leading the blind. There's spiritual darkness in our world today. But Jesus is the light of the world. You know, the, the blind, the blind guides have no light. Blind guides cl claim uh, to have light. But the light within them is darkness. As a matter of fact, the things God calls evil, they call good. The things God calls good, they call evil. Listen to this. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. It says it in these ways. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 says this. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. That's what the spiritual, that's what the blind guides do. There's a lot of spiritual darkness in our world today. Spiritual darkness in our world. People's moral compass. 
is being misdirected and confused. These, the things God calls sin have been ignored or denied. There's perverse practices of sexual sin that is worn as a badge of pride. Listen, this is not bad. This is not wrong. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. There's spiritual darkness in our world today. Point to the light of Jesus. Point to the light of Christ. The spiritual darkness in our world. Jesus is the light of the world. He came that we might walk in his light. Walking in the light means you're recognizing wrong from right. Walking in the light means you're turning from the wrong and you're turning to him to do right. Walking in the light means that you're walking on the path that is lit by the light of his word. You remember Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Walking in the light. Pointing to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So, not only are we to work to bring the light, pointing to the light of Jesus, but we're to work to bring the light to have the darkness washed away. Look at this, verse 6. Verse 6. It says, after this, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Mm. Jesus got his hands dirty to help this man. Jesus was working with original material here. Original material? Yes. The very first work of God in creating man was to take him from the dust of the earth. And for the Bible says, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. Jesus took that dust from the ground. And he rubbed this man's eyes. And, and, and he touched him with a touch of mercy. As he was working the works of God. He was working the works of God. He, he, he was, was going to help this man. He was going to heal this man. But he wasn't going to do it all for this man. There was a part for this man to play. You know, there was work for him to do. The ministry of Habitat for Humanity says this. In order for you to own the home that we're helping you to live in, you're, you, you have a work to do. There's something for you. You have to invest your own time in helping and in preparing this house for you to live. Before this blind man could see, there was a work he needed to do. Jesus gave him the privilege of obeying a command that was not going to be an easy command. Let's take a look. Verse 7. It was not going to be an easy command for a blind man. Uh, verse 7. Jesus says, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Well, Siloam was a, a, a cutout 
pool at the southern part of Jerusalem. And this man was going to have to grope and find his way to this pool. To this pool. There was a work. for He was going to have to struggle. He was going to have to uh, struggle before he could find the freedom to see. Sometimes, sometimes before a person can comes to Jesus Christ and finds the light of Christ, there has to be a struggle before they can see. There has to be questions to wrestle with, barriers to be removed, spiritual opposition to deal with. There's, that's, where, that's where your prayers come in. Listen, listen. That's where spiritual warfare needs to be engaged. There is spiritual strongholds of the enemy that need to be demolished. There are proud obstacles that need to be removed. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 says it this way. Apostle Paul talking about the battle, the spiritual battle that people go through. And he says it like this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, Apostle Paul says it this way, the, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divinely powerful to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension, another translation says proud, proud obstacle, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Spiritual battle takes place before a person can come to Christ. Often, a person will need to struggle. But once this man struggled and found it, he reached the pool. Verse 7 says, take a look. Once he reached the pool, it, it says, the man went and he washed. And he came home seeing. He came home. See, his eyes were opened. He could see. See, he had been washed. The darkness was washed away. When you find Jesus, when a person comes to find Jesus, when Jesus touches you and you put your trust in him, the Bible says it this way, you become washed. Titus chapter, two, chapter 3, verse 5, it says this. It says, he saves you through the washing of rebirth, through the renewal of the Holy Spirit. You're washed. This blind man washed, and he could see. He was given sight. The Holy Spirit washes us so we can see. Our eyes are open to see the light. See the light. So work to bring his light, to have darkness washed away. Work to bring his light in helping others to find Jesus. Work to bring his light that their, that, that, that their eyes can be opened. Listen. Work the works of God. Work while it is day. Do all you can in all the ways you can and all the means you can. Amen? Millard Fuller said Habitat for Humanity, he started it. Because he saw the need to be filled. He participated with the plan of God. The plan that God gave him. What plan is God giving you 
to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Work the works of God. Work while it's day, not only work while it's day, but work to bring the light. Let the light shine like the sun beaming through the shadowy forest. Be that beam of light for Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine before man and then let the light of his word shine in you. So that the blind man, the blind man was healed, not before he, he had some work to do. Be a prayer warrior for those who are spiritually blind. For those who are spiritually struggling, struggling before their eyes can be opened to see the light of Christ. This blind man washed in the pool and his eyes were open and he could see Jesus is the Lamb of God. He sheds his blood and the Bible says it's his blood that washes us. Are you washed in the blood? Are you walking in the light? Work the works of God, amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the privilege, the privilege of walking in the light, of being participating with you, Father, co-workers with God. Help us, Lord, to, to see the needs and to work your work in us. Empower us. Show us the way. Help us to shine the light of Christ in our darkened world. Lord, help us to be the light that you've called us to be. In your name we pray.